1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Really glad to be here. Can I move this down? <clears throat> no. I'm never, no? I'm never sure what I'm allowed to do, what I'm not allowed to do. You're going to have to move it out from there. It's just dropped out of eyesight. That's it. Fantastic. How good's the band? Yeah. Give them a clap. They're great. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Oh, It's so good. I uh, want Linda to come and say hi if she would do that for us, before I get underway. Yeah,
0: before he really gets going and can't hold a breath. Hi, everybody. So great to see you all. The very first time we came to C3 Narara, and it wasn't called that back then. I think we, it was C3 Gosford, wasn't it, way back in the day? And you were, yeah, Central, no, I don't think, I think you were C3 Gosford, weren't you? It was all Central, oh, okay. And you met at the primary school at Erinough. Okay, and you had donuts up the back and lollies everywhere. I can remember that, and um, I think when I first met um, Ruth, Bethany was a baby, not long, just had a baby, and um, that's a long time ago. Because you go, you know, like you're a primary school teacher now. Whoa, where did the years go? But anyway, it's great to see you, and um, wonderful to see some faces that I know, which is really nice, and wonderful to see some that I've never met before. So hopefully, we'll get some time to say hi. Love you all. Have a great morning. Pastor N's a really good preacher. Listen to what he says. It's good. Hallelujah. Oh, and I was just standing there thinking, is there anything I need to say? And the one thing I felt the Lord say to say to you guys, don't forget that you can speak in tongues. It's a spiritual language. When you speak in tongues, you don't understand a word you're saying, and it's okay because God does. So can I encourage you to speak in tongues a bit more than you normally do? It might kind of bless you. You know, you might be surprised what happens when you speak in tongues a little bit more. Keep doing it. Amen. Remember, you're a Pentecostal.
1: Fantastic. Um, I was just enjoying uh, the sense of God's presence. Um, I was was interested. I'm always interested how I respond when God's people are worshipping. I'm... Um, I don't know uh, whether you're like this but when I start to worship uh, things start to wake up on the inside of me and um, one of the m- most amazing aspects of worshiping the Lord is is re- you recover the wow factor of God okay so so you start off by singing a song and and you've got to let your heart go into it you, you can't just sit back and sing it like somebody else is performing it. You've got it, right, Bethany? You got to. It's got to resonate within you. And it's your breath, and it's His Spirit in you, worshipping. But as you do that, what happens is, for me, I start to think about His wonderful works, and I just enjoy the work of God in the earth. I, I want to lift the, the picture off myself. I, I don't want to be self-aware. I want to be God-aware. And as I worship, I'm thinking of the, the oh, you know, for me, that's like, oh, God. And, it, and it's a combination of awe and and thirst and hunger and desire for him. And because there is a yearning inside of my heart that's greater than the ability of my mouth to express. There's something inside of me that just wants to... Be in His presence, you know, to be where He is. Because I know that if I can make it into His presence, then a lot of other stuff in my world is going to fall into shape. It it just somehow He reprioritizes what's going on in my world. And, And it's not that I'm doing anything other than coming into His presence and letting His presence soak into me. And all of a sudden, my view is different. My perspective. It's almost like I was raised up and seated with him in heavenly places by him, not by me. I haven't climbed up there in some confession or exercise of of myself, but somehow he lifts me up. I, I love the thought of just walking into Jesus, pushing the button that says H heaven, and, and letting the lift take me up. No work. Amen. My wife is not into lifts. She said the buttons and lifts have got the most unhygienic things that you can touch. Every single person, anyway, but I'm pretty safe with that. I, I figure that, that he that is in me is greater than he that is on the button. Okay? <laughs> you know, so there's a lift there. And, uh, and then when I get through that place, then, then I begin to celebrate the we. That is church. It takes grace to live with people. It takes grace to live with each other. And that grace is freely given by God. But if you're still wrestling with yourself and you're still wrestling with who you are in Christ and you haven't got that sense of, He loves me. Oh, how He loves me. Then what happens is you lose sight of the we. We. And your course of action is pursuing your identity in God. And and other people are a distraction to you finding your true place in His heart. But once you've discovered, He loves me. Oh, how He loves me. Then all of a sudden, you can let other people be themselves. And you can celebrate who they are. And you can look at their gifts and not feel as though you're in competition with them in any way, God or any way. And life just becomes so much more restful, enjoyable, peaceful. I want to talk to you this morning just for a little bit, actually, because I've already got about at least six or seven people I need to pray for. But I want to talk to you about um, John chapter 10. I want to just start there. Tonight we're going to do a bit of a a prophetic workshop. We'll just get you prophesying and, and get you praying over people. And I really like it when you have to hear from God something that you don't know about people and check it out. See whether it's right or wrong or good or bad. Because or, some people think prophecy is like... Seeing sin, it's like finding out the faults in people. Ugh, I go to doctors for that. <laughs> I go to the Lord because he finds out the good stuff and draws it out in me. Causes me to rise to who I can be rather than finds out what's wrong. I know what's wrong. He know what knows what's wrong. And he only brings up the thing that he's given me grace to deal with at the time. So that I can deal with it according to his ability and not try and fix myself. Because I don't know about you, but I have tried to fix myself before. Look at the result. Not good, huh? (laughs) It's like doing plastic surgery on yourself. Not cool. John chapter 10, verses 3. This is something that's really touched me just over the last little while. It says this uh, in my version. I don't know what it says up there. Yeah, that's the living, New Living Translation. I don't know what I've written down. To him, the doorkeeper opens, and the, uh, gate, the sheep hear his voice. Okay, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. This is so amazing. So um, this, is, this is where I've been going with this. The voice of God that you hear is the shepherd's voice. I don't know what voice you hear from God. A lot of people hear an accusing voice and they think that's God's voice. Some people hear the voice of their significant other. Somebody that, I don't know if you've struck this before, but Have you ever come into contact with uh, your school principal when you're an adult? (laughs) You know what I mean? And they're like, they say, Cowie, how are you? And you think like, man, I feel like I'm back sitting outside the door waiting. What have I done wrong? You know, it's like that voice just somehow got under your skin and activates all the wrong stuff. In our response to that, you may have had negative experiences where the voice that you hear does that to you. It's a shepherd's voice that comes from God. and he calls you by name. You can look around, he's talking to you, but you know it's you. When you responded to the Lord and He called you. Out of darkness into his marvellous light, you heard him. And he called you because he has no grandchildren, <laughs> unlike the cowies. And he only has children. And you're one of his children. And what does he call you out from? He calls you out from the place where you were being held overnight. That's what the sheepfold was. It was a place of protection the shepherds used to bring all of the sheep in the local area into a stone enclosure and the sheep would be in there and the shepherd would lie at the front or they'd have a bit of a campfire at the front at the stone, the gate of the stone wall enclosure and what would happen is that stopped a couple of things. It stopped wild animals tearing them apart but it also meant that only the sheep that followed that shepherd out was his sheep. They were known. You were known. The gatekeeper wouldn't just let any Tom, Dick or Harry say, "Ah, oh, I need a bit of mutton for the table. Any sheep? <laughs> call them out? No. He'd only let the Lord bring you out. And you called out, and he leads you out through this confinement, out of this darkness, out of this confinement, into a place where... You are now being fed, protected, loved, celebrated. And the key, of course, is if you go back to, John, uh, to uh, Psalm 23, it shows you where it leads you. It leads you beside still waters, let you rest in green pastures. brings you into leads you, guide you into paths of righteousness for his namesake. You can read it all. It's all there. But he leads you into experiences of the reality of he being your shepherd. And some of us are just so wanting to do life so fast that we stop enjoying the reality of his promise. That's sad because at the very time that you need refreshing, you need to be in his presence. You need to experience the shepherd. He leads you out so he can lead you in and lead you through, through the valley of the shadow of death. You're not stopping there. You're not resting There you're going through. He leads you so that you get, the first part of it is so that you get familiar with his voice. The second part of it, so you can handle the conflict so that he can get you into his house finally, dwelling forever in the house of the Lord. You will, but it's great to know that you will. I go and visit old people during the week, every week pretty much. And uh, I tell them a few jokes. Old people need to be happy. Yes? Have you ever dealt with a grumpy old person? Yeah, harder to move, right? Take them out. Pray with, for them. Sing a couple of songs. At the moment, we're working through the, the Sermon on the Mount, They can only handle one verse at a time, a couple of verses at a time. But um, I call it my departure lounge ministry. You've got to have a boarding pass before you get on the flight. Because, and if you, some of them have got, uh, you know, issues, dementia. Some of them are just plain grumpy. It just goes with the territory. So a bit of banter. Are you finished yet? We should have more of that in church. They're sitting there talking and of course they're deaf as a doorpost. I don't like what he's saying. <laughs> I said, Are you a Christian? No, I'm a Catholic. <laughs> it's really funny. Uh you just what happens is you learn to to share the gospel in a what you call um Uh, um, A delegated but not comfortable zone. I'm allowed to be there. (laughs) So, what do you talk to old people about? Well, the thing that's coming up death. (laughs) So, we have a hilarious time talking about their resurrection body. Uh, Anyway, won't go there. I won't get done. Oh, dear. Holy Spirit is in your life right now speaking to you and the voice that you're hearing is either a voice of accusation, a voice of condemnation or the voice of the shepherd. You're being accused, you're being condemned or you're being led. My question to you this morning is which voice are you going to listen to? Are you going to be disqualified through the ministry of condemnation which is Moses' law a standard that you could never live up to? Are you going to listen to your history that accuses you of your faults and your failings and keep listening to that and measuring your life, trying to win according to your history? Or are you just going to accept that the shepherd, the great shepherd of the sheep, loves you and is whispering to you according to your faith, according to your calling, according to your Need, and he's going to lift you and take you right through every challenge that you're facing right now. I hope that you're listening to the shepherd. I know that's why you're here. These guys are some of the best pastors that you will ever get. Uh, Of course, you won't agree with everything they're doing. Of course, you won't like some of the things they're doing. But I don't know of anybody that would love you more, that would look after you better, that would have your interests at heart. And Chris and Ruth, I tell you, and I've known a bunch of guys over 30-something years of ministry, they have no ulterior motive other than for you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So I want to encourage you because at the moment what happens is, this is my take on where we're at in, in Australia at the moment. We are about to step into an unprecedented revival. It's true. It's true. My question is not whether you believe it or not. My question is only whether you will step into it. Because it's not a revival outside of your experience. It's going to be a revival through what God's doing through us. We each of us have a fruitfulness that we can bring. Into the house of the Lord, into the lives of our nation. We each of us have a sense of calling. We each of us have a grace that overflows from Him into our lives. And it's it's and I don't wanna I, I want you to hear me correctly, right? Number one, this is not me putting an extra demand on an already busy and stressed out life. I'm not asking you to do anything. I don't want you to do anything other than to just present yourself in the reality of his presence. He will do it all. He will do more than enough in each of our lives. But when we are engaged in this continual warfare mentally and emotionally of what is going on in the world, whether this politician is saying this, whether this... Uh, activist group is doing this or where this outfit is doing that. You know what? So what? Really? Hasn't that happened before? Yes. Isn't it just a different group with a different agenda trying to detour us away from God who is greater? Big God, small devil. How big's God? Real big creator of the heavens and the earth, awesome God, your God, big God, amazing God. Let me give you an example. In May, as Chris was talking, I was up in Thailand, in Thailand we were, um, I've done, church, that church, been visiting different places, prophesy a little bit, encourage a little bit, pray with pastors, eat Thai food. It's tough. Um, and as we're there, but I got invited into a group situation I'd never been invited into before, uh, a guy's called Zoe International. And uh, they invited us in to prophesy with their staff and their team. So I went into the situation, and they are uh, A group of beautiful people, some Thai, some international. And they're working with people that have been rescued from human trafficking. So I go in to this situation and they have got some uh, 50, 60 staff. And that invited the oldest uh, children to come in and be part of it. Senior students. So in total, there's 120, 130 people there. And so they started to worship. They wanted to create an atmosphere for me to minister in. And that's great. They were worshiping the Lord. And uh, as they started to worship, I started to cry. And I'm thinking like, pull yourself together, mate. What are you doing? You know, get your stuff. Get it together, dude. And I was up there. I was worshiping the Lord. And I'd never felt this before, but I felt the broken heart of God towards the needs of these people. These kids have been sold, two years old, three years old, into sex trade, into slavery. And here they were; they've been rescued. This is this was funded by the Thai government, and the the princess is is helping fund this thing. And some of the the great guys from around the world, different church groups and what have you, are helping fund this thing. They've built this secure unit. It's it's totally secure. And the kids, when they're first rescued, spend the first year being de-traumatized from what they've been through. And you'll say your life is tough. Wait, <laughs> we're kidding we come into this thing and start to worship. And uh, the missionaries that go there, they have to come under the understanding that they are, they are including children into their family. So they come as a family, but then they have to include some of the kids that have been rescued in their family. So they have found that family is the only way of repairing the damage that's been done to these lives. And they normalise and they revalue the children and they lift them up and, oh, I've got to tell you, hey, it breaks your heart to see what mankind will allow himself to be capable of doing. And uh, this morning I started to feel something of that in your gathering here. Something of God's love for you. I'm thinking, what's going on, Lord? What are you saying? My feeling is this. You've been in a level of spiritual warfare that you're probably not that sure about. There's some stuff going on that is assaulting your families and your, your hearts that, that you haven't been aware of. And you've been thinking like, oh, I feel like I have to go here. Or I do that. Or I don't want to do this anymore. And you're feeling discouraged and, 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 and wrestling stuff going on in your world. And I feel like the Lord's just saying, oh, I want you to come aside and just, and I know that you're doing it already. I know that, that, that Chris and Ruth have already been leading you into a place where you just say, we're just going to meet with the Lord. We're going to have an encounter with God. We know that God's the answer, but we need to experience His empowerment of our life so that we are free from the wrestling match that the world is saying is normal. It's not normal. Normal is you feeling, yeah, I'm alive. woohoo! Don't care if I haven't got the Mercedes. Don't care if I haven't got this, this and that. Anyway, I just feel great about being born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, loving the wisdom and the fellowship of the brothers and the sisters, enjoying family in God's economy. There is such a, move going on in the church today of releasing each of us as individuals into the fullness of the grace of God. It is just something really good. And what you're feeling is you're feeling a wrestling match within your heart and within your mind. The world's saying I should desire this, but my heart is yearning for more of Him. It's just like that going on. And as I'm crying out to God, I'm feeling like, come on, let's bust that thing more and more
0: we hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon for more information or to contact us visit c3church.narara.net